on today's episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. And I recognize it, you know, that that was absolutely something that was used against me. And, and, you know, it allowed him to be able to kind of weasel his way in. Absolutely. And to look like my knight, you know, and, and like the savior kind of a thing. And like, I'm here to protect you, right? Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have him, but I'm here. I'm here to protect you. Everything is going to be okay because I'm here. Right. This episode is sure to deliver stimulating conversations and aha moments that may give you a fresh perspective. If any moment made your soul vibrate, please leave us a review and let us know if we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Tuesday, so be sure to subscribe and visit BlackGirlsGettingTheirShiftTogether.com to access exclusive offers and coaching packages. The coaching packages include clarity calls, VIP one-on-one exclusive coaching, and my absolute favorite, the Tribe Vibes. The Tribe Vibe is a twist on Ladies' Night, focusing on self-care for Black women with a holistic approach. Welcome to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. I'm your host, Ursula, a transformation life coach and mental health and wellness advocate. This is a safe space for amazing Black women to share open, honest dialogue about mental health and wellness, self-care, self-love, and basically how to get our shift together. Let's tune into this week's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Tonight is a continuation of this crime stories, true crime stories that a lot of people I know, including myself, really is sad to listen to, but it's educational as well because you can learn a lot. So before we get into it, I am going to play my theme music. The queen, sisters manifesting their dreams. Get your cream by any means and being with self esteem. Beauty supreme and booty walk so mean. The way you fit in them jeans, you eat your cornbread and greens. Dance or a doctor, red wine or vodka. Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra. Retwist your locks and realign your chakras. Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip. Adjust your crown, you guys give to the world, sis. Celestial body, drink your water. Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order. Levitate, tribe of Ashanti, black girl magic, melanin poppin', whether you ratchet or lavish, whether you bougie or savage, you a gift and a treasure, you got to love a black girl getting a shift together. <laughs> 
These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, man. These black girls are getting they shift together. These black girls getting they shift together, dog. Welcome back. So again, thank you for tuning in to Black Girls Getting Their Shift Together. Again, we are going to talk about DV. Some words I can't say on YouTube, but if you look at the ticker tape at the bottom of this screen that's scrolling, you will understand the nature of the topic. So I just want to let everyone know that there is trigger warnings because we are talking about DV and um, intimate Violet. So with that being said, if you have any questions respectfully for my guest, feel free to put it in the chat. And more importantly, please like, subscribe, share this video with anyone that you know, because we all can have a healing moment with this conversation. So once again, my name is Ursula B and I'm a black girl getting her shift together. All right. I'm going to bring my wonderful, beautiful guest out of the green room, Miss Sonia Holt. Hey. Hey. Sonia. I'm great, darling. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. Thank you so much for coming on. And um, I am very pleased to have you on tonight. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I just want to let everyone know I've talked to Sonia a few times. She is a very kind soul. So I know you all are, it's going to exude through the screen. So just stick <laughs> in there. And um, I just want to read a little bit and let you all know about Sonia. So Sonia J. Ho is a nonprofit leader. She's an entrepreneur, a transformation strategist, which I love that name and a trainer who cultivates spaces for recovery and healing. As an overcomer of DV, domestic V, Sonia brings a unique perspective and gained her own transformation journey and extensive training to help others flourish. She is the CEO of Sonia J Enterprises, which is a personal service company, and the proud founder and executive director of Second Chance at Renewing Self which is also known as SCARS. We will talk about that a little later on in the episode. But SCARS is a healing-centered domestic V awareness and empowerment organization that provides survivors a pathway of well-being and healing. I can go on and on, but lastly, I'd like to say that she's when she's not empowering, she's educating, and Sonia enjoys spending time with her circle listening to music or cuddling with her bunny Q-tip. Okay, that's a cute name. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> that's so cute. And you know, last week I had a therapist on and she is a wonderful soul like yourself. And we talked about how pets have healing benefits for your mental health. So Indeed. now here you are talking about Q-tip. Indeed. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. So, wow. Do you want to say anything before I go into these questions? Um, no, um, nothing special. Just, hey, beautiful people. <laughs> I told you all she's so kind. All right, let's get into some of these questions so we can get to know Miss Sonia Holt. But um, before I do that, can you tell everybody where you're located? 
I'm in Richmond, Virginia. Mm-hmm. Yes, in the VA. <laughs> in the, okay. So we're going to talk about relationships. If anyone in the chat, if you have a relationship, just drop a one in the chat and just let me know how your experience is with your relationship. But tonight we're going to talk about Sonia's past. The key word is past relationships. And the beautiful thing about this, if anybody is in a DV situation, a relationship, situationship, just know that you can also say that that could be a past relationship like Miss Sonia. So speaking of relationships, um, when did you enter this particular relationship? Um, I was 20. Um, so in 1997, <laughs> so it was a, a long time ago. Um, but yeah, I was 20 years old. Um, and he was 27. Mm, okay. Oh, yes. And I've always had a thing, unfortunately, for older people. <laughs> Guilty. <laughs> I don't know. I I just always have. Right. Um, But yeah, he was 20 and, you know, I, um, I've always been, I guess, more, I've always been an independent, you know, kid. And Mm -hmm. um, I've always been the one that was a little bit more wise and, you know, just more advanced, I guess. Oh, really? Not meaning fast, not meaning I no, was, I was like, you like know, that. just, you know, like I was always the more mature one. Right, like, right. right. Um, but uh, yeah, so I met this individual mm-hmm. actually through at my job that I was working at the time. Oh, really? Um, yeah. He didn't work there with me, but he would come in. It was a, a cafeteria that I worked at. So he and his friend would always come in to eat. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, wait, I hear a little feedback. Okay. Now I don't. Now you don't. Okay. Don't well, that's know. good. Okay. All right. Um, but yeah, so, you know, we actually were not supposed to be together. Why do you say that? Um, because we went out. So his friend that he would come in with and one of my girlfriends that I work with, uh-huh. they were talking. And so, you know, they wanted to go out. So we were there scapegoats basically you know they were you know hey come on out with me you know right and so he and i are just kind of sitting there looking at each other like neither one of us wanted to be there you know got it okay <laughs> so we didn't even have a conversation with each other and then the friends wanted to go out again they dragged us along again and so that second time it was like okay well we're here we might as well at least have a conversation with each other you know mm-hmm. yeah. So we just started talking and found out that we had a lot in common and we enjoyed one another's company. Um, from there, we, he and I went out together and, you know, by ourselves. Right. And from there, things just kind of continued on. And, you know, we talked on the phone and, you know, we found out that we liked each other. Mm. Um, but, you know, from that... <clears throat> He had told me that he was married, um, but was separated from his wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, mm, okay, you know, all right. Or are you going through a divorce? Like, what does this look like? Yeah, we're going to get a divorce. I'm living with family. Okay, fine. 
Did he have kids? He had kids. At the time, there was um, one son and then one that was a like a toddler. Okay. So yeah, there were two children. Um, you know, and he would tell me about, you know, things with the family and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and, you know, we spent time together, continued on. Mm -hmm. um, after about mm, a year or so, I mean, things were great with us, you know, mm -hmm. he, he went out, we had a great time, we traveled, <clears throat> he spoiled me, I was already a spoiled <laughs> girl, <laughs> so right? It just kind of fell right in line, you know, um, and about a year and a half after we had started dating, we actually moved in together. Mm -hmm. um, How was that relationship in the beginning? It was, it was great. Um, there were things that I had found to be a little odd, um, but I didn't, I didn't know what it was. Like, it was like, why are you like, why are you moody? Like, why are you, mm. I, I, it, it would just be little things, nothing super duper major at the time, mm -hmm. but just little things every, you know, every now and then. Mm -hmm. now, after we moved in together, things started kind of seeping a little bit more like, you know, um, and because, well, so one thing I will say, so he was a mechanic and he would work long hours. Oh, we, okay. Yeah. So when we weren't living together, it was like, oh, okay, he's at the garage. When we moved in together, you know, I was like, okay, well, you're coming home at one, two, 12 o'clock, you know, mm -hmm. which was weird, but... I'm like, well, I don't know the mechanics business. So if you're telling me you're working on somebody's car, then I believe what you say. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, as we, you know, started living together more, things started showing themselves a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, Can I, I interject, May I? Can you talk about before you all moved in, or maybe it was while you all were living together, that incident with him and his mom when she made that comment to you? Yes. I would have shook the table. You hear me? Yes. Now And the house. But go ahead. <laughs> now, you know what? And looking back, uh -huh. you know, I, I'll talk about some red flags because yes. looking back now, I see stuff probably six months into our relationship. Wow. That I wow. didn't know what it was then. Mm -hmm. That now I... I'm, I'm aware and I'm educated. I know that they were red flags. Right. Right. So, <clears throat> so the first thing, and I'm, I'm, I'm gonna get to that situation with mom. Take your time. Take your time. <laughs> because that was probably the second one for real. Oh, so, and again, I didn't know what it was. So the first one would have been, we were out at a club one night. And um, so we're out dancing and, and my, my mom was here from out of town. Mm -hmm. And so she, um, myself and him, we went out and he and I are on the dance floor dancing. Of course, back in the nineties, you could still smoke in the club, right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so people are in the club smoking. He and I are on the dance floor. This guy has a cigarette in his, you know, in his hand like this, and he's dancing and the cigarette is kind of, you know, to his side because he's dancing with the, with the woman, and the way that we were facing, I'm here, and my ex is in front of me, and the guy with the cigarette is behind my ex, and I could see the cigarette, so I kind of took him and kind of 
turned him a little bit because I didn't want him to get burnt with the cigarette. Mm -hmm. So he blows this all out of proportion. You know, what what are you turning me for? Um, What are you doing? And he accuses me of knowing this man and cheating with him and all of this kind of stuff, like blows up in the middle of the dance floor. And I'm like, really? What I'm like, what the heck are you talking about? I don't know this person. I'm trying to, I'm looking out for you because I don't want you to get burnt by a cigarette. Right. So luckily one of my cousins just happened to have been there, a female cousin had just happened to have been there in the club that night. So I'm upset and I'm like, what is this? He makes a big spectacle in the middle of the club. We ended up leaving out the club. The bouncers are like, y'all can't come back in here. Now, mind you, he drove. Wait, Sonia, <laughs> did you shake the table? Look. <laughs> look. Okay. Look. Look. <laughs> oh, we could have been real good friends back in. The- <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So we leave. He drive. He he drove. So we have to leave with him. He's raging. So we leave the club. He's driving fast and is fussing and all of this. And mind you, my mom's sitting in the back seat, and she's not exactly sure what to make of all this. You know, your mom was in the back seat. Mom, like I said, my mom was with us. So she's telling him, you know, to calm down, calm down. He's raging, driving fast. Luckily, you know, we didn't live that far from the club, so we didn't have too far to go. But still, it was it was unnecessary. Right. Um, so that was that. So, you know, next day things go back to normal, right? There was no discussion about it. It was just next, you know. Yeah, I understand. Right. You just go on with life. Yep. Um, now (laughs) the situation with mom, I think that was probably the second red flag, biggest red flag for me. Um, I'm at his house one night because he had been um, staying over there with his parents. He's over there. He's washing clothes and he invites me over. Mm -hmm. So I go over, you know, parents are there and he goes downstairs to, I guess, put the clothes from out of the washer into the dryer. So I'm upstairs in the room, doors open um, and I'm just laying across the bed. You know, I just taking my shoes off, but I'm just laying across the bed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, mom comes in and she stands at the doorway and she says, um, you need to, um, leave him alone or something so he can be with his family. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what are you talking about? And she was like, he, he needs to be back. He, need, he needs to be with his family. You need to leave him alone or something to, to that effect. Right. And I just looked at her and I'm like. It's time for me to go. And so I got up. I put. Was my- she real nasty about it when she said it or was it just a matter of fact? It was very matter of fact. Okay. It was really matter of fact. Now, mind you, I found this very strange because this was her second time meeting me. The mm-hmm. first time she met me, she was super impressed with me because her and the husband had been on a cruise or a trip or somewhere. Right. And I drove with him to go pick them up from the. Um, airport. Mm-hmm. And she was so impressed that I said that I would drive back because it, the car was, it was stuffed with right. their luggage and everything. And when we got back to the house, 
you know, I waited around. They wanted to go get something to eat. And I just hung out with them or whatever. She just thought that was just so great. And, you know, and I'm like, okay, here you are now talking about, I need to leave him alone and let him be with his family. And I'm like, what are you talking about? Right. So I get up, put my shoes on. I'm like, I'm out of here. He sees me leaving. He was coming up the stairs and, you know, he's like, where are you going? I'm like, I'm leaving because your mom is like, she's coming at me. So right. I'm, I'm out of here. He comes, you know, running out the house. Don't leave. Don't leave. You stay right here. I'm at my car by this time. So he runs back in the house and starts blasting off on her. And I could hear him. You know, I'm outside, but I can hear him mm-hmm. cussing at her. And I'm like. Did she fuss back with him or it was just him you heard? I could just hear him. I, I could just hear him. I don't know if she was saying anything. Okay. Um, but I could hear because he was so loud. Um, and I ended up leaving and he was like, you know, come back in the house, come back in the house. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to stay anywhere where I am not wanted mm-hmm. so, or where I'm not welcome. You know, I'm like, you know, I, one thing I was taught is number one, you don't over, overextend, you know, overstay your welcome. Right. You, right. you don't stay places where you're not wanted. So I ended up leaving. He wanted me to stay. Um, but I ended up leaving and I went home. So, um, looking back now, I'm like, yeah, that right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you will talk to your mother like that, what, you know, like, what would you say to me if that's how you talk to your own mom? Right. I want to ask anybody listening. And remember, this is a judge free zone. If you ever, if you want to share your red flag briefly, you can drop it in the chat. Or if you could just put a red flag that I mean, I'll know that you've ignored a red flag. If somebody can, can someone drop a red flag in the chat for me? Me too. <laughs> so we have at least two, two red flags in the chat. Two red flags. Yes. Yes. So go ahead. <laughs> so, you know, it, those, you know, again, red flags, things that I didn't recognize, you know, I'm 20 at this time. I would think I might've been 21. Okay. You know, hadn't been through, like I did, that wasn't my life. I didn't grow up like that. I didn't grow up in those situations, you know. Speaking um, of growing up, how was yeah. if you can briefly talk about growing up? So I saw that your parents were divorced. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, my parent. You know, I grew up in the military. I was, you know, military brat. My dad was in the military, um, and I have traveled <laughs> to a lot of different places, lived a lot of different places. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I grew up a daddy's girl. Mm-hmm. And when I was 13, my parents got divorced. Um, I say that when my parents got divorced, my dad divorced me. Mm, why do you say that? Um, because he kind of removed himself from my life. Mm. Um, our relationship went from being a daddy's girl to very estranged. Like it, it, it was, um, I felt abandoned. You know, I felt like, mm-hmm. you know, he, he, you know, they were both still in California, but he was still, even though they had divorced, like he was still due for her. If she needed something, he was still due. I was on the East coast. Um, you know, I had came out here to, um, well, when I, you know, was time for me to go to college, I came back East, but 
you know, when I was still in California, I, um, I, I yearned for my dad. And because he was military, you know, like when he would come to town, you know, he would tell me that he was coming. He would never show up. You know, he'd come to town. When I didn't know he was there. Um, when I went to college, I guess it became easier for him to kind of forget about me. I don't know. Yeah, right, right. And then when I met my ex, um, you know, he didn't at that point in my life as at 20, like I said, I yearned for my dad. I used to cry about mm. being there, not understanding, you know, my birthday will come and go. Why haven't I heard from my dad? Right. Um, you know, and it, it was something that I, it, it was foreign to me because that was not how I grew up. Um, and so, you know, with me letting X know that, and crying about my dad and wanting my dad, mm-hmm. him knowing that I didn't have that covering, right? I didn't, I didn't have that there. I had plenty of male cousins. I have uncles. I have all of that. Mm-hmm. But my dad, right? <laughs> you know, it's so funny you say this because I've done several shows and I've experienced the fatherless daughter and I couldn't see it because my father was in the home but in reality he was emotionally unavailable so I just this is why I'm so glad you're on because people can see that abandonment emotional unavailability it looks different but the result the results are the same and not saying like the same exact storytelling but the same actions, the same yearning that you want somebody to fill that void. So that's why this story resonates so much. Hey, Quita, I want to read this. This was very profound. And this is why I love talking to you, Sonia, because while you and I are talking, you have several said several times, well, looking back at it and looking at it now. So Quita said, I'm so excited for her empowerment through education, once we're aware, that's the key word. Once we're aware, we can further seek info and help to save ourselves. Yes. And I love that she said the ourselves because I feel, and I, I'm saying this because I've been like this before. I will look for other people, other relationships to save me. Mm. to saving myself, right? Yes. So Quita, thank you for that. That was very, um, very powerful. And um, she also said that talking to his mom like a dog doesn't register to us when we're so young. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because at the time I looked at it as almost like he was he was coming to my defense. Right. Mm -hmm. Like he he was coming to my defense to protect me. Right. You know, even though, yes, that was his mother and he absolutely should not have been talking to his mom like that. But at the time it was like, oh, you know, he's making sure that I'm okay. Mm -hmm. You know, this comment is very true. Vicinda and Vicinda was also a guest on my show and her. I would love for you all to connect (laughs) her situation. She was on a show similar to like yours what is it evil lives here sleeps evil here lives here, mm-hmm. lives here. she mm-hmm. has a similar dv story 
extremely powerful. And when I listen to both of you, the strength just is like osmosis because you all are now looking back. She also has a past ex. You get it? So um, she said that he used that against her, meaning when you talked about the father, the abandonment. Yeah, Yeah. totally did. You know, totally. And I, I, you know, I see it and I recognize it, you know, that that was absolutely something that was used against me. And, and, you know, it allowed him to be able to kind of weasel his way in. Absolutely. And to look like my knight, you know, and, and like the savior kind of a thing. And like, I'm here to protect you, right? Mm -hmm. You don't, you don't have him, but I'm here. I'm here to protect you. Everything is going to be okay because I'm here. Right. Yeah, which that was not the case. <laughs> exactly. So let's pivot into the, I have to figure out how to say this because YouTube won't let me say some words. How, yeah. when did the physical, these start, the physical altercation start? Mm-hmm. Um, after we moved in together. So the first physical act, started um actually happened we moved in together in like 90 early 99 mm-hmm. and the first physical act happened actually new year's eve of mm-hmm. well 99 going into two, you know 2000 <laughs> um, are you serious year. and that's how you ended and started a year wow that's how the year ended it well not ended. you did but i mm-hmm. should take that back that's how your year ended and how it started. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was. Um, his hands. Yeah. And um, I'm sorry. So that was the second. The first physical act was um, actually he had pushed me down in the kitchen and um, he was he had some friends over and they were getting ready to leave. And I, I said something to him and, and still to this day, I can't remember what I said. But whatever it was, I said, I'm standing in a kitchen, whatever it was, it was enough for him to do a complete 180 and rush back into that kitchen. And before I knew it, I was down on the floor. And luckily, his friends were outside and they could hear me screaming and they came in and they got him off of me and they took him out. And really? Mm hmm. And it, it just shocked me. It, it it shocked me. He didn't hit me or anything. He just kind of, you know, jacked me and I was down. Oh. And like I said, it just, it scared me. Um, and so then the, the second time, which was the first real fight, um, I'll say, and that was New Year's. Um, mm. We had just taken, we had a, actually we had, a party at, at our house. Um, and so, you know, my family was over, he had some friends over and we had a great time and we had taken that at the end of the night, you know, after midnight had came and all that party was over uh-huh. and taking my, we were taking my cousin home and um, my ex had went, he had driven a different route than I normally would to take my, to go to my cousin's house. Mm-hmm. You know, just ask him, I was like, well, why are you going this way? And his response was basically like, you don't tell me how to drive. I go the way that I want to go. And I'm, just mm-hmm. like, I'm like, all right, cool, whatever, you know. <laughs> right. We we get there, drop my cousin off, get back home. 
And he starts back up with me again, you know, about me telling him how to drive. And I'm like, this is dead in the water. Why are we bringing this back up again? Right. And he brings it back up again. We argue, you know, we start arguing about this. And and before I knew it, I'm sitting on the bed. He's standing over top of me and he gets on top of me and knocks me back Mm -hmm. and he headbutted me. And I did not realize that when he headbutted me, that it split my forehead open. Oh my God. And um, so I have blood like coming from my, my forehead and I got up and I had another friend now that was that stayed the night at our house that night. She's in the living room and she could, you know, hear me. And so when I came out of the bedroom to go to the bathroom, she asked me if I was okay. And I'm like, I'm fine. Go back to sleep. I'm okay. And I go in the bathroom and I look at my face and I have blood, you know, pouring off from my face. I'm at this time, I'm freaking out. And I'm like, yes, I would have too. I'm like, oh my God. So I get back in the bedroom and he's, you know, apologizing. Was he crying? You know, they do that. At this particular time, he wasn't. He he started crying later in the the relationship. Mm -hmm. This one, he was just apologizing. Baby, baby, I'm sorry. You know, I'll never do it again. This, that, and the third. And, you know, I'm like, it's okay. It's okay. You know, I'm all right. And I had to make up a lie to my family about my forehead because at this time I had short hair. Um, you know, hair was relaxed back then and right. it had a shortcut. Luckily, I had bangs. So I could put my bangs over top of my cut because the cut is right here in the middle of my forehead. So that's the cut in the in the video that you talked yeah. about. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Okay. It's coming together now. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was able to put my bangs over top of it. And, um, you know, the one time that my family did see it, I just told a lie and was like, oh, yeah, we were playing. And I hit my head on the end table of the bed. Ooh. And that was my lie that I told up until, what, 15 years ago when I finally left and I finally told them what the truth was. Really? Well, we have a question here. Lucinda wants to know, did you blame yourself? Yeah. In in the beginning, I didn't. It it wasn't until um, things kept continuing to happen because, Mm -hmm. you know, he would tell me things like that. He would tell me things like I was doing things in my sleep that, um, you know, when he would not come home at night, that it was, you know, my fault. Um, when I found out about, um, you know, this, this could lead us down a rabbit hole because I, I don't want to take things out of, out of order because I will get people confused, but, right. um, there, there were so many different stories and mm. lies that were told throughout the years that I didn't know at the time were lies, Um, But when I found out, for instance, you know, one thing was, um, like I said, he was a mechanic Mm -hmm. and he he was a self-employed mechanic. He had a his own garage um, and he had always told me that his garage was one particular place and I had never been there before. Mm -hmm. Um, And then at some point his garage moved. 
Well, um, when I found out that the garage truly wasn't where he told me that it was, and I questioned him on it um, that particular night, and he he told me that um, the reason that he hadn't told me was because when, when he would come home, I would be asleep. So he, he couldn't tell me and that it was my fault Mm. that I was asleep when he came home. See, that's triggering for me. (laughs) I can't stand a liar. Go ahead. I'm working through this trigger. I'm smiling, but I'm really, that is just really something for me. I just, wow. And, you know, that was, I'm just like, huh? <laughs> Say again now? Okay, you come in at 1, 2 o'clock in the morning and what, I'm not supposed to be asleep? But we talked during the day. So you, what, is the only time that you can talk to me is when you get home? Like, it, it just mm-hmm. didn't make any sense. But, you know, it was one of those things. But, you know, in between early on in that particular time, because that was actually in 2006 when that happened, Mm-hmm. Um, and between those years, absolutely. I blamed myself because I blame myself for, oh, well, I got to do better. And he's telling me that I'm not the woman that he fell in love with. Um, or, um, he's telling me that, like I said, I'm doing things in my sleep and I'm like, well, I have to I have to believe him because I'm sleep. So I don't I don't know what I'm doing in my sleep. So, you know, why would he tell me a lie? But and still, honestly, to this day, I still don't know if some of those things that he told me back then, whether it was true or not. There's still parts of my life that I don't know what was true and what was a lie. There are some things I know. Yeah, that was a lie. Um, but there are some things, honestly, to this very day, I don't know. And I want, I'm glad you're saying and sharing this because this is the gaslighting for me. So people want to know what is gaslighting? (laughs) Sonia just gave a perfect example. And when a person tries to distort your reality, yes. make you think that you are crazy what she just said and I want people to know also that DV isn't just the physical act this gaslighting this is emotional abuse this this is considered DV as well absolutely and people don't realize that like gaslighting there are many many people that are sitting in psych wards that are are listed as bipolar that have mental conditions because they have been affected by situations right mm-hmm. and gaslighting is one of those things because if you have an individual that is consistently telling you things mm-hmm. that is really not the truth and in your mind, you're like, and you, you might start out re- refuting it. No, that's not true. No, 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 no. But as it continues on, mm-hmm. they have a way of making you believe that something that you truly know is not true is. And then it's, it makes you start questioning yourself. At, yes. And your own mental. I remember sitting one night. Um, in the middle of my bed 
And I was on the phone with a counselor um, mm -hmm. at the time. The job that I had had an employee assistance program. Right. And part of that is you can get free counseling. Right. And so I'm sitting in my bed and I remember talking to this person on the phone going, I don't know why I do the things that I do. I just don't understand. I need to change. I need mm. to be better. And all of these were just the things that he was telling me because <laughs> there was nothing truly wrong. These were just the things that he was telling me and I'm doubting myself and I'm questioning myself and I'm thinking that something is truly wrong with me. And there wow. was nothing that was wrong with me. And here I am talking to a counselor and they're like, well, they don't know what to tell me because <laughs> there was nothing wrong. Oh my God. But the, you know, the, the, the psychological abuse mm. was, um, you know, very prevalent for me. The fist, the, the physical was very prevalent. Um, you know, as the years went on, it got worse. It, the, the, the fights became more frequent. Mm. Um, and, you know, I, I walked on eggshells. I did not yeah. ever, ever, never know what would set this person off. You know, I, and I, it didn't have to be anything big. It, it could be something super minor and super minute. And I just knew that I needed to do whatever I needed to do to make sure that we didn't get into it. Mm -hmm. Did your family and friends know about the physical altercation? They had no idea. So did they not know because they didn't know because it was hidden from them or they just never witnessed it? They did not know because I hid it very well. Yeah. Um, the only thing... Um, so the one friend that I said was at the house that night, like mm -hmm. she kind of knew stuff, but I never, I didn't talk to anybody about it. I did never disclose anything about what was going on. Um, now, you know, like there, some of my family members said after I got out that they knew I had changed a little bit, but they never really? imagined that that's what, it, that that's what was going on. That there was, mm -hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. That what? They, they never imagined in a million years that that's what was going on. Do you feel that your ex isolated you? Yes. Yes. Yeah. There was absolutely isolation going on. I had, um, you know, I had always been the one that, you know, would show up early to family functions to help set up and I'd stay up, you know, stay there after to help clean up. And it had become, you know, come to the point where I would show up super late to stuff or I would not show up and I would not show up because I would wait for him. And of course, he would never come or he would come super late. So I wouldn't start missing things. And mm. it's not like me to be late to Thanksgiving dinner. Um, you know, when my great grandmother was still living, you know, we always had Thanksgiving dinner at the house. And that was not like me to be late. And. You know, so for me to be late, that was very out of character for me. Mm. Um, but, you know, I would wait around for him to come home and he wouldn't show. And I didn't want to leave because I didn't want to deal with the repercussions 
of him. Oh, that's how it's designed. Yeah. That's how it's designed. Absolutely. Um, anybody listening, um, if you if any of this resonates, feel free to drop in the chat what your experience, whatever you're comfortable sharing with. And please make sure and subscribe to the channel and share this this video if it's impactful. And I know it is because I see it in the chat. <laughs> People are loving this story and they're loving your empowerment that you have. Yeah. Um there was something that Quita said, which I love. She said, did I read this already? Impressed by her resilience. Oh yeah. She's impressed by your resilience to rebound and help others. And she's sending love and healing to you and everyone that you're helping. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much. I That's beautiful. That. And also she said that the burning bed film was such a resource for some folks dealing with this. Yes. Meanwhile, the aggressor has their own real ish girl. Yeah. Look. Let me get in this microphone. Look. She said Look. The, <laughs> Meanwhile, the aggressor has their own real issues that require help. Fire is Look. Look, and, and so I'm, I'm gonna say something that I'm this isn't funny, but you know, I'm not even gonna say it right now. I, I'm, I'm gonna reserve that comment, I'm gonna reserve what she, what she just said. I'll say it as long as it won't get blocked on YouTube. No, because it's gonna, it's gonna come later in our conversation, so I'm okay. Gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna reserve that. May I read a couple, a few more comments? They are really enjoying you. Um, yes, I'm loving it. Uh, speak on it. <laughs> and um, another experience of gaslighting. Wow, my ex told me I called another man's name in my sleep. Did we have the same person, ex? Because hmm. I'm girl, told I told you I want you all to really, really connect. I was told the same thing. Yes. And um, lady, so that's someone new. Hi, lady. Saw 999. I'm loving this interview so far. This will help a lot of people. Thank mm. you for that comment. I appreciate that. So there's two more, one, two more incidents I wanted to ask you about. Mm -hmm. Actually, I have so many, but I want to respect your time. <laughs> We're good. <laughs> Can you talk about the hospital incident? When I heard that, that was so triggering for me. It the abandonment issues were triggering. I wanted to shake the table when I was listening to that, but I'll let you tell your version of it. <laughs> Girl. Um <laughs> this uh I guess the first year, I guess, of our of our living together. Um I yeah, I guess about a year. And he had called me one day and he had cut his hand or cut his arm or something when he was working. Mm -hmm. And he told me he was going to the hospital, to the emergency room. And I was like, okay, well, I'll meet you. I'll meet you there. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, he was like, no, 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 I'll be fine. You know, I'm like, no, I'm going to, I'm going to come up there. You know, if you're hurt, I'm coming up there with you. So I get there to the emergency room. And I walk in and I'm looking and I, I see him and sitting beside him is a, is a woman. Just for 
the queen Sisters manifesting their dreams Get your cream by any means And being with self-esteem Beauty supreme and Buddha walk so mean The way you fit in them jeans You eat your cornbread and greens Dance or a doctor Red wine or vodka Redesign your spot and redefine your mantra Retwist your locks and realign your chakras Doing your squats and getting closer to God, huh? Brunching with your squad or taking a girl's trip Adjust your crown You guys give to the world, sis Celestial body, drink your water Meditate, sun kiss goddess, heavenly order Levitate, tribe of Ashanti Black girl magic, melanin popping Whether you ratchet or lavish Whether you bougie or savage You a gift and a treasure You got to love a black girl getting a shift together Black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together Man, these black girls are getting a shift together These black girls getting a shift together, dog. 